Last month, in a Montreal synagogue, when Ruth Cooperstock finished chanting the main part of her bat mitzvah ceremony in her soft voice, you can hear how the rabbi and the congregation responded with exuberant applause, way more than these things usually get, and that's because Ruth had just turned 80 years old. She may be the oldest woman in Canada to ever have a bat mitzvah as an adult. She studied on her own and then with an adult B'nai Mitzvah class at Dorshe Emet Synagogue as part of the Reconstructionist Judaism Movement's program marking the 100th anniversary of the first Bat Mitzvah in North America. And as she was preparing, she had some funny experiences with people who did a double take when they found out she was going through with it herself. Well, when I engaged the caterer, we were talking, and one day she said, you know, we have to start planning the menu for your granddaughter's bat mitzvah. I said, it's not for my granddaughter. She said, well, who is it for? I said, it's for me. She said, for you? I said, yes. So <laughs> that was quite a thing. I'm Ellen Besner, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like for Tuesday, July the 12th, 2022. Welcome to the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. Ruth Cooperstock is about as big as a minute, and that's how my mother described her when she told me that she'd attended her bat mitzvah and that it would make a great story for the podcast, and she was right. Cooperstock didn't have a bat mitzvah when she was a teenager growing up in Winnipeg in the 50s. It wasn't so common then for girls, although both her brothers had one, but when she turned 70, she was determined to make up for lost time. She's a retired teacher and a retired travel agent. And she raised her family in Victoria, B.C. And then, after her husband died a few years ago, she moved to Montreal to be closer to her son and his family. She lost her voice for about four months, and she had to have a lot of speech therapy to get it back. But Cooperstock didn't let her medical problems or the pandemic stop her from answering her family's challenge to have her own bat mitzvah 68 years late. Coming up, we'll meet her and hear how she's inspired other older women to copy her example. But first, here's what's making news elsewhere in Canada right now. I'm Mark Greshko in Coconut Creek, Florida, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like. You may have missed it last month when it happened, but just before Parliament went on summer break at the end of June, the Canadian government officially outlawed Holocaust denial. The Liberals had put it into the budget bill earlier in the year, and it just received royal assent on June the 23rd. So that means it's now a crime to deny the Holocaust happened, or to condone it, or even to downplay that it was the genocide of Jews by the Nazis. If you remember, we covered this important story, and the idea was first proposed by a Conservative member of Parliament from Saskatoon, Kevin Waugh, in a private member's bill. So that means Waugh's own bill is dead, but he says that's okay, since the budget proposal is pretty much word for word his. Waugh did actually have to vote against the budget bill for party politics reasons because he's in the opposition, but he told me yesterday he's really happy that it went through because the bill was needed. The maximum penalty for anyone convicted is two years. And just before we bring in Ruth Cooperstock, I need to tell you that because of the whole Rogers internet being down all last Friday, I had to interview her at my friend's house using my phone and not in my normal studio. So apologies for the audio. Well, mazel tov on your bat mitzvah. 
congratulations. I don't have candy to throw at you, but I, I mean, I'm virtually throwing candy at you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. I did anyone throw candy when you did your book? Oh, yes, set? plenty, plenty. I had a duck. <laughs> so let's let's talk a bit about this um, experience. How did this all get started? Where did the idea come from that you were going to have a bar mitzvah? Well, it, it, this is interesting. It started, I'd say, maybe about 10 years ago. I, I was living in Victoria with my husband, and... Um, I had sort of thought about having them doing a bat mitzvah, and I wanted to learn the way with the trope rather than just memorizing. So I talked to some people at the uh, synagogue I was going to, and and they said, "Well, you can you can get these things online." So I tried learning on my own, and that was not a very successful venture. So I I thought about hiring a teacher, and then. Things just didn't happen. My daughter had actually talked about having a, a three-generational bat mitzvah with myself, her, and her two young girls. That didn't materialize. And um, when my husband suddenly passed away, my son, when at the Shiva, asked me to come and live with him and his family. And I was in shock. So I said yes. And... <laughs> I came here and uh, joined Dorshe Emmett, and um, my two grandsons had their bar mitzvahs. After the second, I audibly voiced my feelings, and I said, oh, you know, I would have liked to have a bat mitzvah. And my daughter-in-law said, you're going to have one. This was right at the bar mitzvah. Before it was over, she started telling everyone that Ruth is having her hot beds, but she's next. Uh, I have to tell you what else happened. Um, as time was getting on to the bat mitzvah, um, I had sent out invitations. And um, one of my relatives, cousin, who should know better, on the invitation was printed my name. It was sent from me. And he wrote back, uh, thank you for the invitation. Uh, I'm very sorry that I won't be able to attend your granddaughter's bat mitzvah. And I thought, how could he not know? But he obviously was so convinced that I could not have a bat mitzvah that it was my granddaughter's. How come when you were young, uh, girl, younger and growing up in Winnipeg, what was the, uh, the tradition for, for girls and bat mitzvahs, b'nai mitzvahs? It was really just beginning. It was in the nascent stage, I would say. And um, some of my friends had a bat mitzvah, some didn't. I remember attending uh, several bar mitzvot. And at the time, I thought, oh, I'm so fortunate that I don't have to have a bat mitzvah. It seems like a formidable thing to learn, and I don't think I could ever do that. So... <laughs> Here I am. Did you, so you didn't learn Hebrew when you were going to school, like as Feder, you didn't go to Feder? No, I never, I, when I came to Israel the first time, I had been there many years ago with my husband. And I uh, had started upon, I, uh, all I knew was Shalom. That's the only Hebrew word I knew. Mm -hmm. So it was uh, from scratch. And so your 
had your bat mitzvah, we're speaking a couple of two weeks or so after the bat mitzvah, was it everything you had hoped it would be now that you're on the other side? Uh, yes, it worked. It worked seamlessly. The rabbi is very adept at arranging the Zoom, and it, it didn't have any glitches, everything. And you know what? He, even prior to the bat mitzvah, I had seen him at a, a bar mitzvah, and he, he came up and spoke to me, and he said, um, I asked him if someone in my family could have an aliyah uh, on Zoom. He said not only an aliyah, but also even a Torah reading, a reading. I thought, oh, this is incredible. I'm going to ask my daughter, who lives in another country, to, to learn a Torah reading, and then I'll have more participation from my family. And so she was very honored to do this and began learning. And then uh, we decided that um, my two granddaughters, one who plays the guitar and the other who is, has a very beautiful voice, would do a duet all on Zoom. And eventually my son-in-law came on and did um, had an aliyah uh, for the blessing. So they were a part, part of it. And my two grandsons each had uh, a parsha that they did. So, wow. Yeah, technology is the silver lining, you know? Um, did you get gifts? No, I asked, uh, I asked uh, that there should be no gift. If anyone was thinking of, of making, uh, uh, doing a gift, that they would uh, do a donation to CHW, which is Canadian Adasso so you had, did you have a party with like the DJ, the photo booth and all that stuff, you know? <laughs> no, no I'm, I'm beyond that. We had a lot of people, the, the ones, the people that came uh, and a few friends from Montreal. We had a lot of, uh, a lot of meals, a lot of gatherings. So we had a lot of, uh, a lot of fun that way. So now that you've had one, what happens now? What's your next challenge? I felt... How can I, how can I go on with life, without my teacher and Cantor Heather, and uh, and learning learning trope and learning the uh, the parshat? So I've been thinking that I might might resume my learning to do another Torah reading at one time, not about mitzvah, but Torah reading. I'm also going to um, as I started thinking. I'm going to learn a, another language or perfect it. And what language is that? Spanish. Spanish. What, at last thing, because I've kept you long enough, but what uh, sort of legacy or message do you think having a bat mitzvah at 80 shows to other people who might be, you know, interested in doing it, even though they are later in life? What, what would you say to them? Well, I, I will say what was said to me after... Um, at the at the actual uh, at the Kiddush luncheon, people came up to me, and one woman, I guess, wasn't as old as I was, but said to me that uh, you have inspired all of us older women that we can do it too. So I, I felt very very uh, thankful for that comment. 
that's what Jewish Canada sounds like for this episode of the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. Integrity, community, quality, and customer care. Today's listener shout-out goes to our contributor at the CJN, Aaron Heller, and to the entire family of the late Mickey Heller. Mickey was a Second World War veteran from Toronto, and you might have read Aaron's story about him in the CJN on Remembrance Day last winter. Mickey turned 100 then, and his grandson wrote about Mickey being in the RCAF and how he contributed to a memorial for Jewish veterans that's located outside of the Prosserman Jewish Community Centre in Toronto. Mickey died on Thursday, and his funeral was Monday. So thanks for listening to the CJN Daily, and thanks to Ruth Cooperstock, Good for her. It's never too late. You know, I was the only girl in my class to have had a bat mitzvah, although I don't remember much because I had strep throat and a really high fever. But I did learn all the tropes and I chanted the Haftorah and I still have that little booklet with all the notes and I can still read any Haftorah today. So we'll end the show with Ruth Cooperstock's Rabbi Boris Dolan, who calls her bat mitzvah one to remember. So it's not entirely rare that we have adult bat, bat, bat and bar mitzvahs in our community. I'd say every few years we have we have a few, um, but this was definitely a unique one. I mean, for Ruth, uh, being at her at her age with such great wisdom and such incredible life experiences to celebrate her bat mitzvah, uh, it really was a blessing for our community. Um, this started the Reconstructionist movement had a program over the course of a year. Uh, in honor of the 100th anniversary of the first bat mitzvah, uh, at least you know in the United States, uh, Mordechai Kaplan's daughter in uh, in 1922 had the first bat mitzvah in the U.S. So there was a year-long program of classes, workshops, uh, and celebrations in honor of this. So Ruth, along with I think there were 15 other students or so, uh, studied with me once a month, learned about uh, some key tenets of Judaism from a Reconstructionist perspective. And we had a smaller group of people who decided to learn to uh, and, and prepare to do a bar bat mitzvah ceremony on their own. So Ruth is the first of, of, of these, but we definitely will have a few more coming. And I, definitely with her age and wisdom and her life story, it was one to remember. 